0: Destination 180, the horror podcast that takes you through all the rides that are these horror movies. And today, as part two in Happy Horror Days, we're going to explore 1984's Gremlins. I absolutely love this movie. This is a movie you got to watch every single year. I don't care, even if you just have it on as background noise. Like, you got (laughs) to see the Gremlins cut up for the one time. You have to. This movie was directed by Joe Dante. Written by Christopher Columbus Not that one And it was produced under the studio Warner Brothers The cast includes Zach Gilligan as Billy Peltzer Phoebe Cates as Kate Berringer Hoyt Axon as Randall or Rand Peltzer Polly Holliday as Ruby Daigle Frances Lee McCain as Lynn Peltzer Judge Reinhold as... Judge Reinhold as Gerald Hopkins, Dick Miller as Murray Futterman, Glenn Truman shout out to A Different World as Roy hanton Key Luke as Mr. Wing, Scott Brady as Frank Riley, and Corey Feldman as Pete Fontaine. As well as the voice of Gizmo played by Howie Mandel. And lastly, the music was done by Jerry Goldsmith. So Gremlins was basically one of the first, not the first, but one of the first horror comedies to make the genre kind of a thing and kind of like set it in motion and make it popular. The story actually wasn't going to get filmed until Steven Spielberg kind of took an interest in it. Um, He kind of explained that it was something that was kind of original at the time. Nobody was really doing it. So this is why he bought it.
1: Apparently, the gremlins were inspired by mice that inhabited yeah Columbus's apartment.
0: So I actually it was just disgusting. So yeah, I saw that too. Um, yeah, it's always just uh, I don't even <laughs> want to think about that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the, um, with the conception of the gremlins, they were also a thing before the movie. So there's a book by Dahl. The same one who wrote uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Mm -hmm. He has a book called The Gremlins that came out around the 40s. And Walt Disney was actually going to make a movie from it, but he kind of figured it was too dark to make a movie from. And then Tim Burton
1: was in contention to direct it.
0: Yeah, and Joe Dante actually read the script for Gremlins and said that the book kind of did have influence on the film, but he didn't want people to really think it was the same thing, so he would distance it by saying like, our gremlins are different because they're green and they have big mouths and they're kind of pretty much badasses. I'm not quoting him at all, but that's basically, he had to let you guys know that this wasn't going to be like a kid's movie. So the film script actually went through a bunch of rewrites. It was actually going to be a lot darker than it was. Um, I'll wait to go through the parts when we actually discuss the movie, but you'll be surprised to see how many scenes were actually supposed to Veer into a darker direction, one scene that a lot of people talk about is Phoebe Kate's scene talking about her dad and the incident that they had on Christmas. But it's another thing to see how deep this movie really would have gone if they let Joe Dante have his way. Another part of the script or another part of the film that was gonna be set in motion that was abandoned was also Gizmo was gonna turn into strike, so Gizmo wasn't gonna exist in the movie anymore; he was gonna turn evil. But Steven Spielberg liked the puppet so much. He was like, he's so cute. I feel like we kind of need somebody cute. to stay there. But I do have a theory that I'm going to drop later in the movie that actually makes that whole storyline truly make sense, and it would have been really dope to see that play out. But my last thing before I take you to this cue line, Gremlins was actually one of the two films in 1984 to influence the MPAA to create the PG-13 rating. Yeah so that wasn't a thing yet Um, I guess it just goes to show because this movie like I was telling you earlier this movie I imagine the first time I seen it which I don't remember I could imagine myself being a little unsettled by the gremlins but as you get older you know you see the you start to notice other things as you get older you start to notice other things in the movie you start to notice the dark humor you start to notice the inside jokes that you wouldn't have gotten as a kid and things like that so i can see where the mpaa needed to have that gap between parental guidance and r like we needed a bridge yeah. between that you know what i mean
1: this movie is definitely a christmas movie as we all know and it was scheduled to be released during the christmas season but Warner Brothers realized they didn't have a summer movie to put up against Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom or Ghostbusters, so it moved up the release date.
0: Which Ghostbusters is another movie that treads that line of horror comedy. So that was another one of the movies that pretty much helped set the horror comedy genre in motion. I think it's pretty clever that this movie actually got a release in June versus the um, Christmas season. Another movie that that kind of makes me think of is Scream, actually, because Scream was actually released a few days before Christmas, I believe December 23rd, mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with Christmas at all. But they released it, as you said, Warner Brothers realized they didn't have a summer movie. Um, when Scream was released, they was like, we're going to release it here because teenagers who don't want to see Christmas movies need something to watch. That's
1: true.
0: And that's true because... Every year, as you can see, as marketing will have its way and adapt the habits of others, they do things like that. And I think that's cool. Being Me being a marketing major, I like stuff like that. So, John A. you ready to go to this queue line, girl? All right, buckle up, because uh, it's about to be a wild ride. Howdy, survivors. Please keep your tips and limbs inside the vehicle and remain seated at all times. Hang on to your personal belongings, especially your minds and spines. Because this here is a wild ride. The movie we're doing this week is Gremlins. And for our Q-Line ride, and for our Q-Line, I decided... Well, I mean, I was really trying to find, like, some type of extreme pet Would You Rather earlier this week for you. And that didn't happen. (laughs) So... found the next best thing which i feel i mean it's pretty fitting because there's actually a gremlins trivia quiz there is yes there is all right simply titled how well do you remember gremlins so obviously we're about to talk about it might as well just quiz ourselves on it right (laughs) question number one Rand visits a Chinatown antique store to, A, visit his mistress, B, find a special plate for his collection, or C, find a Christmas present for his son, Billy.
1: C, but who came up with these answer choices?
0: It wasn't me. Promise it wasn't me. Like,
1: to meet up with his mistress,
0: what? It was not me. Promise. Billy's dad gets his Christmas present from an abandoned cabin in the woods, An antique store in Chinatown, a convenience store in the city.
1: The antique store, but that was literally just the question before. Who who came
0: up with this? I didn't. (laughs) Just, I mean, never know, might surprise you. One of the important rules that must not be broken is do not keep the Mogwai in the dark, never feed Mogwai after midnight, wash the Mogwai every morning. It's two answers is it
1: yeah because you don't feed them at the midnight and you're not supposed to get them wet so why would you wash it every morning
0: one of the important rules that must not be broken is do not keep the mogwai in the dark never feed the mogwai after midnight wash the mogwai every morning
1: you never feed them after midnight but again You also don't get them wet, so why would you, what? Who came up with these? Like, like I'm telling you, the answer is B, but, like, you don't get them wet.
0: Let's see. You said B?
1: Yeah, don't feed them after midnight.
0: That's correct.
1: Right, but again, it's also don't wash them. just like, what?
0: So I said wash them every morning. Just like the first one says, do not keep them in the dark. So the first one was supposed to, the last one should have said, don't wash them. Because you're not supposed to get them wet, like you said. Yeah. It's telling you to wash them. Oh. Yeah. So that's why I repeated it. Like, you <laughs> but wash. you got it right, though. So, yeah. <laughs> Billy works at the local bank, the pool, the local veterinarian's office. Wait, I'm
1: sorry.
0: Billy works at the local bank, the pool, the bank. or the veterinarian's office. Choose your answer. Billy's dog is named blank. And the Mogwai is named Blink. Barney and Gizmo. Who? Barney and Gizmo. Oh, I thought you said Barney. I was about to flame you up. (laughs) What movies are the Gremlins watching in the movie theaters?
1: Uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs.
0: Good job. Kate's spoilers for Gremlins. So if you haven't seen the movie um, and you want to still play the game with us, maybe skip like 20 seconds, maybe. Anyway. <laughs> Kate's dad died while, just mm-hmm. as Santa in the chimney, driving her to gymnastics or trying to drown a gremlin.
1: Not trying to drown a gremlin. <laughs> it's the first one in the chimney.
0: I should have read this earlier this week. I just looked at it. I said, "Oh, a quiz on gremlins. Cool." And didn't even look at it. Stripe dies after. Oh, another spoiler. Strike dies after Gizma <laughs> opens a skylight and exposes him to sunlight. Running into the street and getting hit by a car. Eating too much of the cranberry sauce that Kate makes.
1: <laughs> it's the first one, the sunlight. But when does she make cranberry sauce?
0: I think they just made that up. <laughs> the town's resident gold digger is Leanne Peltzer, Mrs. Deagle, or Sheila Futterman. That's a good question. These are the questions they should have been asking.
1: The town gold digger?
0: They said it plenty of times throughout the movie.
1: What's her name? The Dingle
0: Lady. Yeah, think about it. That one almost got you. I shouldn't have said nothing. Um, Well, I
1: had to think about it because it it wasn't necessarily like she was being a gold digger. It was more like she was like... Well, see, no,
0: she was because her husband um, was involved in some type of scam, but uh, he died. And I think the implication... And something that got cut out the script was that she had something to do with it.
1: Oh, yeah. I just thought she was evil old bitch.
0: Ba- Next question. Rand Peltzer, fantastic ideas for a fantastic world. Fill in the blank. You want it, you got it. I can make it happen. I make the illogical logical. These are the questions, see, yeah. No, like, I, I missed it. Like,
1: what was the question?
0: So, it's a quote. Rand Peltzer. Fantastic ideas for a fantastic world. You net you want it, you got it, I can make it happen, or I make the illogical logical.
1: I think it's the last
0: one. Okay, let's see. That is correct. You've gotten the one hundred percent, which makes all the sense in the world because stay tuned, today. people. <laughs> Shaking my head. Stay tuned, people, because when we come back We're going to take a wild ride on 1984's Gremlins. What is it?
1: It's your new pet. Number one, you got to keep him out of bright light. Number two, keep him away from water. This This is incredible. And probably the most important thing, don't ever feed him after midnight. Billy, what are these things? Gremlins. How come a cute little guy like this can turn into a thousand ugly monsters? (coughs) That was Mrs. Deagle. I'll bet every kid in America would like to have one. They might even replace the dog as the family pet.
0: We open up Gremlins in this little Chinatown, Chris Brown world that I've come to accept in my head over the last four years. And we see Rand Peltzer. He's a middle-aged man who comes to Chinatown. Um, He's looking for a gift for his son, Billy. And as he's looking for a gift, he ends up in this little shop with Mr. With... He ends up in this shop with Mr. Wing's grandson. I'm just going to call him grandson, but in the movie, they don't give him an exact name. We learn that Rand is basically an inventor. He has all of these little gadgets that he makes, but they never work. And throughout the movie, I do like that his wife and really, I mean, his entire family. It's just a household of three. But everybody uses his inventions, even though they know that they don't work anyway. Mm -hmm. But anyway, (laughs) he stumbles upon the shop and he meets Mr. Wing and he's trying to, like, sell him this bathroom buddy that, of course, doesn't work and it backs fire. And I also make a note about the terrible dragon breath pun. I also make note about the terrible dragon breath pun that he makes. And then the gong goes up in the background. It hasn't really aged well, but it's kind of funny. Um, While Rand is trying to sell this bathroom buddy to Mr. Wing he overhears Gizmo, like, making sounds in the back. And he's like, what's this? And the grandson is like, it's a mogwai. And they go through the whole spiel of explaining what a mogwai is. And I kind of do like the scene when we first see Gizmo, because we don't see him yet. We kind of can see the outline, the shape of him in the blue light. But I don't know. It kind of, like, builds up your imagination, your attention, because you hear this beautiful little voice harmonizing. It's so cute. It's so endearing. But... We have no idea what's gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Mr. Mr. Rand come. Mr. Rand becomes super interested in this. He says, "I have to have it for my son." And Mr. Wing is like, "No, I can't sell it to you." And I made a note about how this is pretty much the moral of the whole story. Mr. Wing straight up told him, "Like, no, you're not ready for this. This is something that comes with great responsibility." And yet, the dad is like, "Okay, well, I'll give you two hundred dollars." no sir like like no sir like he told you you can't have it you can't just throw money at people and think that that's gonna That's how the world. Works. exactly <laughs> so what ends up happening is um the son the grandson is like no we need this money so he basically makes a backdoor sale and tells the dad goes outside goes around to the back gives him the mogwai for the money So then we get to what I usually associate as the opening of the movie. We open up on this white scene. It's the town of Kingston Falls. And we have, um, I kind of like how this movie introduces his characters. So one of the first characters that we meet is Rockin' Ricky Rialto, which is the radio host. But how they introduce him. Is we see his billboard and it kind of has like you know his morning show or whichever show it is because I don't think it's just a morning show because he's on the radio throughout the entire movie, but you see his billboard, but then his radio drop comes into play and he's describing all of the events that'll be happening in Kingston Falls and things like that. And the next note I made and it kind of goes with our movie that we talked about last week of Better Watch Out. Um, did you notice the kids playing in the beginning? And I think it's like. I know for sure a girl is sitting down but I'm not sure if it's two girls sitting down the boy muffs the freak out of this girl with a snowball to the back of her head did you notice that in the opening like oh my goodness he hurt so hard with the snowball so we're just going through meeting different characters and things and we soon meet Billy and he's having car issues and I'm just like at this point where I am right now I can relate with these car issues just (laughs) Anyway, we soon meet his neighbor, Mr. Futterman. Mr. Futterman is planting these seeds of how like, we shouldn't use foreign-made things. Like We should always use things that are American-made because the foreign people are always trying to sabotage us, and they've been trying to sabotage us since World War II. So you see what type of <laughs> mindset he on. But it is crazy because you laugh, but check this out Friday the 13th came out in 1980 and there's a character in that movie have you seen you seen the original Friday the 13th yeah. there's a character in there called Crazy Ralph and everybody was saying he was crazy but he was right and Mr. Futterman is that character everybody think he crazy and he just a junk, and he just be saying all this crazy stuff but he right whole time so anyway billy's heading off to work and this is where we kind of find out he works at a bank i think they never really are clear about his age what his age is but i really think he's like 21 because we see him hanging out in a bar later yeah,
1: he, he got recast
0: mm-hmm. i mean like well, he
1: got aged up he wasn't originally supposed to be of legal age he was supposed to be in high school mm-hmm. but he got aged up and then so cory feldman he's not introduced yet But Corey Feldman, he was already cast to be a 13-year-old, which Mm -hmm. is what makes it a
0: little bit weird. In this scene, I noticed, I guess this time, because I'm actually, like, I was watching it to take notes, it seemed like people knew that he brought his dog in here because nobody was saying anything when he brought the dog in unless it was just, like, one of those things where, like, we know it, but it's certain people that probably don't know. Because before we meet Miss Daigle, who's being a real mega bitch, we meet Phoebe Cates, who plays Kate, and Kate comes up to uh, Billy and has him sign this petition because Miss Daigle is trying to like get something shut down. I can't remember what it's it is the right part now.
1: Where everyone's
0: father? Yeah, yeah. So, um, first of all, he starts signing it and doesn't even know what it is yet. I'm like, you that blindy? You just gonna be signing stuff for a pretty young gal and not even know what you're signing? Anyway. It'd be like- True, I'm not going to lie. So Mrs. Harris comes up to Miss Daigle with her two children. And I guess in this scene, for some reason, I've always paid attention to this dialogue, but one thing I've never noticed in the dialogue when I watched it this time was Miss, I was about to say Miss Harris, but I guess I can't say that. Miss Harris is basically asking Miss Daigle for extra time for her and her husband to come up with money because it'd be hard. Y'all know it's hard out here and one of her kids are sick one yeah, is coughing yeah, yeah,
1: the child coughing the whole
0: time this is like the first time i actually i think because i was actually i watched the movie a few days ago and then i watched it yesterday for like a refresher and when i watched it a few days ago that was the first time i like heard the like actually mm-hmm. paid attention to that the coughing the thing, the I, thing I always paid attention to was the kid going mom i'm hungry and her going me too I never paid attention oh. to the oh. other kid coughing. So see. you really see, like, how, like, one kid's sick, everybody hungry. Like, they're really doing bad. And that she's just terrible. Like, yeah, and I think that, I think the only reason, and oh, I have something for you guys. I didn't even notice it when I watched it earlier. I didn't notice it till yesterday. But I only noticed the coughing because of the pandemic now. But it's something else that happens that I'm talking about. Anyway,
1: but she gave me Scrooge vibes. not trying to help Pretty,
0: out. You know, that's yeah. who she's supposed to be. Miss Daigle comes in, and I forget exactly what it is, but it's a very expensive snowman that Barney breaks. And she comes in and tells Billy, like, I don't want you to pay for it. I want to put your dog to sleep. And Billy's not having, not Billy, Barney's not having that. <laughs> right. First of all, Barney said, I'm out. But before I'm out, I'm about to throw these paws. <laughs> Like, he straight up attacked her when she said... I don't even remember what the trigger was. But Miss Dago said something. Barney wasn't going. He
1: untied himself and jumped on the couch. Yes, because I was
0: initially <laughs> thinking, like, Barney was probably just going to run up out of there. But she says something, and I can't think of what it is, that he was probably like, you know what? Let me put the pause on this lady real quick. Okay, look.
1: They had the nerve to be like, oh, my God. Oh, my
0: heart. Oh. I can't t- My poor heart. And then it was funny because... Billy was like, Barney would never hurt anybody. Barney just sitting there chilling, like, hold me back. Hold me back. Hold my collar. No, just playing. I
1: just, I, I really, it grinds my gears how evil people just be so evil. And then as soon as somebody says one thing in that direction, they want to fake.
0: Later on at the bar, Billy is drawing this picture of Miss Daigle with, like, a cool little dragon head. And he's, like, saving Kate from her. It's pretty cool. We meet Gerald, who is 23. And he's bragging about how much he has and how he's going to get this promotion by this time. And he's basically just a dick. Just, you know, he's trying to make Billy feel bad for still living with his parents and taking care of them. And I'm like, first of all, Billy's like Billy is, like, 21. You're twenty-three, you're still young, very young. And I understand it was I understand the time, but I'm just like, still, like when you're that age, when you finally hit that age and you look at it and you realize like how many more years you have to enjoy life, you're like, dang, this is young. Like I was hyped to get here. Like this just the beginning, but I understand it was the eighties. Exactly. Period. He then ridicules Kate about working at the bar but then tries to ask her out i'm like Like, sir right absolutely not but i do like how she like played him she was like no but then she like kind of like taps billy's shoulder it was really cute little flirt you know i'm all about the flirt billy comes home and the swords fall off the wall but they also fall off the wall when the dad comes in. Because when the dad comes in the house, it shows him, like, fixing the swords again. But we already seen Billy, like, fix it. I just think, like, I like how consistent this movie was. It's really, really cute that they really paid attention to all of those details. So um, we meet Mom in the kitchen. And we find out Miss Dago already snitched. Okay. And Mom's about to talk to um, Billy about it, I guess. But we don't know what actually happens with that convo because Dad comes in. But before that... I want to call out one of the inventions, um, the egg cracker. So it's like this little machine that has like a little um, chicken at the top and the chicken like bobs down to crack the egg. It's pretty pointless. Why you can't just crack your own egg? I mean, I know you're an inventor, but... It's so
1: that you know how
0: to. I, I understand that, but it, it it takes two seconds. Literally two so seconds. So who
1: can't crack eggs?
0: Tough titty Tick tock. Teach you some interesting things. Some
1: people don't have TikTok.
0: You're right. This is the 80s, but still, no. Like I just, I don't know. I can't see it anyway. So um, so i about to
1: buy an egg yolk separator because I get tired of trying.
0: All you have to do is hold the shell together and let the yolk mm-hmm. one through.
1: You see, I said
0: one, but I'm keeping it. Whatever. You see,
1: uh, sometimes the egg don't always crack perfectly for me, so. mm
0: yeah. I think I think there's something wrong with y'all.
1: Not everybody can crack eggs perfectly. Speaking of
0: cracking eggs, I, have cake when I you. Dad comes in and gives Billy with the Mogwai, which he says he just calls him Gizmo. As the family is admiring their new pet, Mom takes a photo, which prompts Dad to tell them the rules: which is no bright light, no water, and never feed them after midnight. Which everybody loves to argue. So, what does that mean? Like, how do they know time zones? And da 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 da. I haven't seen The Gremlins 2, The New Batch. I wanted to watch it this year in my October um, challenge, but I ended up watching something else. But I know that they, just from pop culture, I know that they kind of like reference that whole rule in that movie. So I kind of want to see where that goes because I have no idea how that works. But you have to suspend your belief, people. Sheesh, don't be so anal about it he's harmonizing in the next scene with billy playing the piano it was so cute one thing i do like about this movie as well is the way that they show billy and gizmo bonding is very organic it's not forced so with this scene for example um like i said billy's playing the piano gizmo's singing and billy gives him a little santa claus hat and he's trying to show him what he looks like in the mirror. But it's the perfect way to get light to reflect in the mirror and do the whole no bright light thing. Which Billy takes um, g- Billy takes Gizmo into the bathroom and the light's on. And this little moment, I have a story about this. Gizmo goes, bright light, bright light. And then he flicks off. He's like, okay. And it's so cute. But it's funny because me and my dad have an inside joke about that. So when I was little, And my dad would wake me up. He would turn on my light. And he would tickle me and be like, bright light, bright light. And it wasn't until I got older that I realized it was from this movie. So every time I see that scene, I think of my dad. I know. (laughs) Like, you guys can't see me, but I'm, like, blushing super hard. But...
1: So the funny thing about it was I didn't connect that the fact that he freaked out was because of the bright light in the mirror. Mm -hmm. I thought he freaked out because he saw his reflection. Mm
0: -mm. There was a light... (laughs) Um, from the lamp that reflects off the mirror. So this is where my theory comes. And I don't know if this theory has ever been pointed out. It doesn't matter because we do know that in the original script, Gizmo was supposed to turn into Stripe. Now this is where my theory sets in. Cue my light bulb above my head. When Gizmo gets hurt from the mirror reflection, he falls into the trash can and he has a scar in the middle of his head. Right? Mm-hmm. So when Billy goes to bandage him up, the first thing he bandages is the stripe in the middle of his head. Get it? So that's why Gizmo is supposed to turn into stripe because I think that scar was supposed to like be the stripe. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I I'm, I like how this was really thought out for that to happen. But even though it didn't happen, it's just something small that I feel like if you watch it enough times, you just notice it. So I do like that touch. The next scene, we get another little invention, and this is the peltzer, peeler, juicer. Um, a little fun fact about this scene, they knew that the machine wasn't going to work. I, I think that they tried it a few times, and it didn't go off as it was supposed to. So if you pay attention to Billy, he's cracking up the whole time because he knows that it's about to explode, and if you just watch him, he's cracking up the whole time. He's not reacting like how he's supposed to, but they liked it, and it actually did what it was supposed to do, so they just had to keep the scene. It's orange juice everywhere, and that's what it all over me. the cabinet. Like, so how all
1: that juice come from one orange?
0: I don't know if it came from one orange. I think it was a lot in there. I think it was more than one in there. I don't think that was just one orange. I just say he only put one orange in there. That's, that's, why, that's why I'm saying why maybe. I don't it. think that was just one orange. It had to be more than one we're introduced to um pete fontaine which is Corey feldman's character and he works at the um little tree lot that we saw earlier in the movie where the kids were having their little snowball fight and he comes to deliver the Peltzer's family tree first of all not only do i have to deliver a tree but you're gonna make me wear a tree costume too that's a lot like that's a lot and it looked like authentic pine it probably wasn't but that outfit looked like it was heavy gizmo and barney are so cute i like that they bonded too like they're watching a little movie together which is more foreshadowing for later when gizmo saves the day in the race car but it's super cute that um all the relationships were thought out in the movie even in the most subtle ways it doesn't seem like force. it actually seems like we're watching like a home video gone wrong I guess I don't know that was a weird way to put it but anyway the boys come upstairs and Corey Feldman asks if he can ditch his uniform there and he's like I'll just tell my boss that a bunch of biker boys stole it I'm like what like and that seems like something that can happen like because back in those days I guess you would get beat up for that Billy introduces Pete to Gizmo and of course as a kid Pete is talking about like how can I get one can I hold him? blah 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 Pete goes to pick up Gizmo and of course Ken knocks over a glass of water and poor Gizmo. His screams, poor baby was just going through it. Like it was so loud. When I watched it this time I was watching it on a different I was listening through a different speaker system. And I never realized how loud he was screaming like of course they're covering their ears to convey his loud but if you're listening on the right speaker system like you really like can hear how ear piercing his shrieks are so we find out when five more mogwai come from gizmo after pete accidentally gets him wet pete tries to go and touch one because he's like well now i can have one because you know it's a bunch of them here and stripe bites his finger and it kind of turns Pete off because he goes from being fascinated and then he just goes over in the corner and just reads like a 3d <laughs> comic book like he doesn't even care anymore i'm like wow tinted fan is like guppy up in here so dad's dad is downstairs working on a card dispenser i
1: love how gizmo just knew it was game over
0: yeah like you can just tell in his face
1: <laughs> what's wrong gizmo he was like it's over for you
0: dad's downstairs working on like this card dispenser and starts like pitching to Billy about the bathroom, buddy. And Billy tells him, like, yo, you need to come see the mogwai they multiplied. The first thing that Rand says is this can be, like, the Pelter family pet. Like, this can replace the dog. Like, immediately he goes to thinking how he can profit off of this. Gizmo and Barney are minding their business. Gizmo is playing a trumpet. And Stripe spits the nastiest yellow... I don't even know what the fuck it was supposed to be at Gizmo. And Gizmo's face... The animatronics, just pause, time out, time out. The animatronics in this movie are amazing. They still look good to this day. Like to the point where they actually sell Gremlins dolls. I know this is something I should say for the souvenir shop, but I couldn't hold that one in. Like those dolls look really good. Like even Gizmo's doll looks super good. Even his plush dolls look good. Like even when they weren't even trying. But anyway... Later on, everybody is asleep, except for Stripe, of course. And everybody is asleep. Later on, everybody is asleep, except for Stripe. And Billy hears something outside to where we see that Barney is strung up outside. And automatically, Barney Barney is thinking that it was going to... Automatically, Billy thinks that Miss Daigle had something to do with Barney being hung up outside. Of course, we get another invention that doesn't work. This one is like a coffee machine, and it's like spitting out this thick coffee. but still. It's cute how um, the Pelters still support him because they just make a joke about it not working and then they just go about their business. Billy takes one of the new Mogwai to Mr. Hanson. If any of you guys watch A Different World, you already know his character. And shows him what happens when the Mogwai gets wet. So Billy only drops a drop of water. So this is why we only get one Mogwai versus when Pete dropped the whole glass and it turned into a whole parade. At the end of this scene, I always liked how the Mogwai are trying to like talk to each other through the box in their little Mogwai language. In the next scene, we um, check in on Kate, and Mr. Futterman is at the bar, and he is lit. So Mr. Futterman is telling Billy and Kate that they got to watch out for the Florence because they plant gremlins in the machinery and makes all these World War II references and talk about how they're still shipping gremlins in the cars and the radios and all the things that we use like that. So they discourage him from driving because he's about to try to drive his Kentucky harvester home and they're like no you probably should walk so they go their separate ways and they're met by some carolers singing silent night this is where things kind of get dark a little bit Kate starts to tell Billy that Mr. Futterman is just among like the other people who get depressed around the holidays and the fact that you know um suicide rate is always the highest around the holidays and Billy like plays it off he's like well now I'm depressed I'm like sir (laughs) Be a little more sensitive. So Billy goes ahead and he asks her. He's like, are, do you get a... He asks her if she gets depressed around Christmas. And she's like, I don't celebrate Christmas. And Billy's like, what, are you Hindu or something? <laughs> sir! Like, you are not winning points right now. Like, sir! Sir! <laughs> that curly hair and those creamy eyes are not going to get you far with logic like this. She just makes a statement and says that like people always make a deal over people who don't like Christmas. And you guys really do. And y'all need to quit that. Everybody don't like Christmas. Not saying it's me because I've actually come to like it over the few years. But I was one of those people who didn't like it. What anyway, did like it? I just didn't. I don't know. I mean, I just, it was, I don't know, marketing. I just did not see the point. Like, mm mm-hmm probably wasn't getting presents i wanted who knows nobody wouldn't ban me nothing. that's what it was anyway just kidding we um meet up with mr hanson again and he's experiment on taking blood from the mogwai and he remembered that just keep a little tab because that mogwai was not i felt him because i don't like needles either so rightfully so later on that night billy is eating skittles just on the top of his bed sheets I'm like, sir. I can see you just holding them in your hand, putting them on the paper. Just, but just putting them on your bed sheets, that's dirty. Gizmo is learning words. He was like, "Hey, Billow, uh, No, "Hey, below." Billy was like, "Hey, Gizmo, um, this is fun, right?" And he was like, "Fun." And then he was like, "Yeah, pretty neat." He was like, "Neat." <laughs> I was like, "Oh." I just like it's more. It's more subtle ways of showing that like they're learning from each other. So you know. It really, he really, Gizmo really could be a pet, but I guess the person just really has to be responsible. Unlike sweet little Gizmo, the other mogwai are screaming their heads off for Billy to feed them. And this is where the mogwai trick Billy into feeding them after midnight because they chomp through, like, his alarm wire. So in one scene, it's flipping through scenes between this and Mr. Hansen and back at the school, which is, like, super, super late. Anyway... Billy's clock says that it's, like, 11.35. But Mr. Hanson's clock says that it's, like, 2.15 in the morning. Why are you at the school that late? Like, no, absolutely (laughs) not, no. Like, even even as a teacher myself, I can dance in my own house. Like, I'm not saying just because you're a science teacher you have science things in your home. But 2.15? I could see 9 p.m. 2.15? No, absolutely not. Anyway, as Billy goes to sleep, I also never noticed until my most recent watches that the movie is, like, foreshadowing. He's like, they're here, they're here, and you're next. Did you hear that? So they're watching. Throughout this movie... They're watching a lot of older movies, and the movies basically foreshadow what's about to happen. But this was the first time I really ever even paid attention to it. I guess because normally when TVs are in movies, you sometimes pay attention, but not always. And this was one of those times, I guess, like it just stood out for me. Eventually, the Mogwai have transformed into the... Eventually, the mogwai transform into the most disgusting, unsettling-looking eggshells I've ever (laughs) seen in my life. They're slimy. They have webbing. They're like dark shades of green, browns. Like, the texture, like, it kind of, okay, remember how the original mogwai transformed from gizmo, and they start in a ball, like, hugged up, and they open up? It kind of looked like these gremlins are in that same position because you can kind of like see the knobbing in their spines and it's just, uh, uh, it just, oh, all right, let me gather myself because <laughs> this is this is what I'm saying. Like, it still looks good. Like, I watched this movie yesterday for the second time for the show. It still looks good. Yeah, Like, it doesn't look like some of these creature features that have come out in the 80s and the 70s. Even hell the '90s, hell the 2000s with CGI like Tell no CGI, CGI was too. a lot of the times. Not sometimes in this movie, I believe is little to no CGI. I don't
1: think they did like it I don't know.
0: think they used any. But I'll like it
1: was all animatronic. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty you had a point for that. So like for instance, now they're talking about doing Gremlins three. And so they made a point to say that they don't want to do any CGI for Gremlins 3. They want to do pure animatronics.
0: They shouldn't. And then at first. That would be a slap in the face too.
1: Yeah. And then at first they wanted to do like that puppet stop, pause. Stop, stop motion. motion. Yeah. But they said that it would have taken too long. So that's why they stuck with the animatronics.
0: Um, we As we come through a few scenes, we, um, okay. Well, let me say this. At this point, we figured out that they've been fed after midnight, Mister Hanson. At this point, we figure out that the mogwai had been fed after midnight, and the boys take one of the mogwai and the boys take one of the Magwai back to Mister Hanson, and he tells them like this is like the metamorphosis changing. Do you hear the joke that Corey Feldman makes? He's like, so like my mom because she's going through changes like a menopause joke i'm like jesus who writes this stuff anyway mom's sitting in the kitchen and of course the telephone doesn't work and dad's calling because remember he left to go to the inventors competition and this whole little scene is so random and there's so much going on in this scene but my favorite is this like a couple in the back like all the way in the back i don't know what they're doing but they're like playing with a box on the ground i don't know what this box is supposed to do But it looks like it's keeping them entertained. Like, next time you guys watch this movie, pay attention to the couple in the back playing with the box on the right side of your screen. Okay? Um, I lost my thought. Because that was funny. That threw me off. I was really sitting. I wasn't even paying attention to the phone conversation. I'm just watching them. Like, what the fuck are they doing with this box? We go back to the bank where Miss Deagle is trying to intimidate Billy. And before that, we see Miss Harris once again trying to bargain with her boss, saying that they need more time to pay Miss Daigle. So this time, Miss is saying that, um, I don't even know why she's at the bank intimidating him like this.
1: It's because she's an old hag that has no life.
0: The Mogwai are starting to hatch, and Gizmo is terrified he's just sitting in this little helmet and most of the time another thing about this movie most of the time they would just put gizmo in spots where they just could have him sitting there and not have to do too much so they didn't have they can like hide the lower part of his body or like at the very end of the movie gizmo spends like 100 percent of the end part of this movie in the book bag so they didn't really have to do too much with him after Mr. Hansen's class wrapped, as I told you guys, all of the Mogwai have hatched at this point. And Mr. Hansen is trying to lure the one that hatched in his room back so he can examine it. And as he's trying to lure him with the candy bar, he ends up getting killed. Because remember, that Mogwai wasn't too happy about that little blood sample that he had to get earlier. And one thing I do know about this scene is I love that we hear the gremlin, but we still don't see him. And then later on when Billy comes and discovers Mr. Hanson's body, we see the hand, but we still don't see the gremlin until the cabinet's scared when Billy goes to, like, um, stitch up his hand after being, you know, cut up. They evolved to be so ugly. I mean, they had to be scary. Did you want them to be cute? Oh, I mean, I know they didn't have to be cute, but oof. Billy's mom is at home, and this is where there were some rewrites in the script. So originally, this is the scene where she go ham in the kitchen. Um, I'll just run through it super quick because we've seen this movie. How it begins is the mom hears noises upstairs. So she's aware that the gremlins are up there. She doesn't know they hatch, but she knows they're up there, and she knows Gizmo is up there. She goes to check it out. And first of all, red flag number one, it's smoking up there. Shouldn't be doing that. Billy calls, and she gets distracted. She answers his phone call, and he's like, yo, get up out the house. The eggs have hatched, yada, yada, yada. And all of a sudden, the phone line gets cut, and we hear that song that, do you hear what I hear? And that's so scary. That is so dark when you think about it. Like, that's just like, what the... What is going on? So in this scene, as we see, the mom goes ham. She tenderizes one of the gremlins, maces another one with Pam, backs him up into the microwave and just, you know, heats him up. Then stabs another one. And what was supposed to happen is she eventually goes into um, the living room. And it's kind of like a decoy scene where we think the gremlin is in the Christmas stocking, but it's like one of those robot toys. Mm -hmm. The gremlin is actually... Camouflaged in the Christmas tree, and its eyes looks like one of like the lights in the tree. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought that was like the coolest scare ever because it's like you really, even to this day, it takes you a second to really even find the gremlin, even though you know it's about to pop out. It still takes you a second to just adjust because its eyes literally look like Christmas lights. When you watch the scene, you see that the gremlin is choking his mom. He was supposed to decapitate her there. And what was supposed to happen is Billy was supposed to run in moments later and they were going to throw the mom's head down the stairwell as he walked in. Yeah, that would have
1: been too much for a kid's
0: movie. See, well, see, this wasn't supposed to be a kid's movie. Oh. It wasn't really intended for the babies. But when Steven Spielberg kind of put his hand in it, you know, he coming off of, well, you know his bag in movies. He couldn't have all that. So that's why it was changed. The scene with Phoebe Cates and her dad, they were going to take that out because they said that that was too dark. And Joe Dante was like, no, like we're going to leave something in. <laughs> like, and he, he's to this day, he still stands story. on. Yeah, it's a sad story. I mean, so you you're telling me like, First of all, first of all, why would you go down the chimney with your hands full? You really could have just sat the bag of presents, ducked off somewhere in the living room, and just came down the chimney if you wanted to razzle-dazzle. Why did you come down the chimney? You could have just knocked on the door. Like, I get the whole illusion of Santa. Yeah. But you could have literally just made up some excuse. Santa didn't work out this year. Santa can't fit through the chimney. Like, you know what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) That was (laughs)
0: they escape to the Futtermans and this is when Billy goes back to the house and investigate. He finds Gizmo. They still stay consistent because the lights on in the room and Gizmo's like, it's too bright, it's too bright. We check back up on the dad. He's trying to call home, but of course he can't get in contact with him because the phone lines are cut. This scene where we check up on the dad is actually where Jerry Goldsmith and Steven Spielberg make a cameo in the movie. Did you notice that? No, because I
1: yeah, I didn't notice
0: that. So it's the second scene that we see the dad call home from the convention. They're like the first two that walk across. They oh, like yeah. have this big random invention, whatever it's supposed to be. Billy follows Stripe to the YMCA. It's basically too little, too late because by the time he finds out what Stripe is, Stripe has jumped into the pool. And I made <laughs> I made a note. I was like, yeah, this is definitely giving Wiz Khalifa a concert vibes. Like the water turns green. There's smoke everywhere. I also like the little personality that Stripe has doing a little cannonball and holding his nose. Like, sir, calm down. Anyway, (laughs) Billy goes to the police. Of course, first of all, they're drunk. They don't believe a word he's saying, they just think this is all a joke. But, of course, smartly, Billy shows them gizmo, but they still don't believe, like, his story. I'm like, you have the proof right here. I'm showing you this thing you've never seen before. This
1: whole scene about the police not believing him, it reminded me of this true crime episode I heard this week about um, this girl. her, Her mother killed her siblings. And she was going to the police, letting them know, like, you know, my mom killed my siblings. Psychiatrist, my mom killed my siblings. But because her story was so crazy, nobody believed her. her. Until maybe like a few, like maybe like 10 years later, um, it showed up on, what is it? America's Most Wanted or the Crime Unsolved Mysteries? Some show. And so the girl called the tip line. And then they were like, oh, you were telling the truth. (laughs) 10 years later. Because she, knew things, man. because she knew things about what happened that they didn't publicize because it was technically a Jane Doe case.
0: That's crazy. I'm over. I'm so over. Anyway, <laughs> we get one of the best scenes, in my opinion, of the movie, which is the Gremlin Army reveal. Stripe emerges out of the darkness of the street, signals to the gang hundreds, thousands. I really don't know the number, but gang, <laughs> gang, gang, got the hammer and the wrench. They just come out the woodwork, and that's where the havoc begins, okay? So the first attack we see are the Futtermans, and what happens is the gremlins are, like, messing with the antenna, which is actually, like, an old little joke, like, you got gremlins on the roof messing with the antenna. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but anyway. Mr. Futterman goes to check. Of course, they aren't there, but they done get into that Kentucky harvester, and they plow him into his house, which, spoilers for gremlins the new batch. They live, so he's fine. But anyway. Oh, yeah, they lived. Oh. Like, It's funny because before they get plowed into the corner, he's like, I was right. There are gremlins. There are gremlins. His wife is like, do something. So she's like freaking out, and he's just like not over the fact that he was actually right about gremlins. And cue (laughs) the iconic theme song. bop when she hear it she like no earlier before we started this show i was singing the song and she had no idea what i was singing and she watched the movie today terrible there's a mailbox stunt where they're like shooting the mail back out the mailbox then one of them is like playing with the street lights causing accidents Then I'm gonna skip over one because that's a major plot point, so I'll come back. Then they're attacking this guy named David Myers, which we find out is Santa Claus, who's supposed to be making an appearance at a toy store tomorrow, which obviously isn't about to happen. So, one of the main things that they do, and it's probably my favorite one, obviously, is Miss Daigle's death. But wait, before that, as Santa Claus is getting killed, the police just sit there and watch him get attacked by this (laughs) gremlin. Then roll, But first of all, you had the window down, and then you just roll it up and drive off. <laughs> but you know their braces cut. Exactly, see? <laughs> exactly. So anyway, we get the iconic Miss Daigle deaf. So she's a cat lady. Of
1: course, because she an old bat. Live alone. Got all those cats because she mean.
0: And Lonely. more dark humor comes into the scene because the gremlins are outside posing as carolers and they're singing Joy to the World. Which, if you grew up in the eighties, the nineties, you know the virgin, you know the vibes. Joy to the world, the witch is dead. Get it? They was about to kill her. Oh. Get it? No. I've never heard of that <laughs> Very dark humor, like super dark humor. Anyway, um,
1: What version is
0: that? You've never seen that. No. Anyway, what? (laughs) Like I'm, I think South Park even did like a gag about that or something like that. Like wow, okay. (laughs) So the Gremlins are singing "Joy to the World," but it goes into a beautiful medley of the Gremlins thing as they start to like just. As they start to basically kill Miss Daigle. So what happens is she goes outside and she's about to douse them with water. She freaks out when she sees them and tries to like get into her stair lift and press the button. But the gremlin's already been messing with it and it sends her flying out the window. First of you all, know
1: what's so funny? I hope
0: you say what I'm about to say.
1: Well, what I'm about
0: to say is that the fact that she knew that she was going to hell She was like, I'm not ready, I'm not she
1: said, ready She was like, They've come for me. I'm,
0: I'm not, not ready, ready yet. yet. I said, Oh my gosh. That's First she knew of all her ass was going to And hell. then the next thing was when she flies out the window and her hands are just like waving and again it's another set of police and they're watching, they was like, That was Miss Dagle. <laughs> I'm like, so all the police in this town just watch things happen. I'm just convinced <laughs> that they don't do anything, at all. But also, one more thing I want to note is I don't know if anyone else noticed, but when Miss Dago flies out the window, there are pictures on the wall, and it's one picture that's just directionally off. like, yeah. I'm glad you noticed that because I was like, because at first, at first when I was watching it, I will always. I think I didn't notice that until like a few years ago, but the picture just always looked like it didn't have eyes to me. There's more havoc to be let loose on the town. Pete is holding it down. He's slinging them rocks out of his window. He cut <laughs> he cut one of the gremlins, like, up out of his Christmas lights. I'm like, see, Pete ready. War ready. That's what we like. Billy's car actually worked, which we know, if we know anything about horror, the car never works. Later on, the car doesn't work, so I <laughs> guess that goes exactly nowhere. But
1: you know what's so funny? This bar scene trip.
0: Before the bar scene, Billy turns on the radio and we hear Ricky and Pete actually calls the radio station to let people know, like, the gremlins are wreaking havoc on the town. And Ricky's like, okay, stop playing on my line. But the gremlins bust up in the <laughs> studio and start, like, fighting him or whatever. I mean, we and we find out that he makes it through the night because he narrates a part of the story. There's a scene before they get to the bar where Dad's, like, at the mobile gas station and he's trying to sell the attendant the smokelish ashtray. Yeah. I'm like, sir, just stop trying to sell people things. Like, come on. That poor attendant is, like, coughing up a lung because he can't <laughs> breathe. But now we got Thirsty Thursdays at the bar, honey. And I always wanted to know, like, so they can spill liquid on themselves? Because they were spilling a lot of alcohol on themselves and, like, throwing it at each other. So but do they— also- It's wet.
1: There's a difference. They said water and alcohol. That 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 composition of the substances are different. Totally different.
0: I need to know. Um, I mean, I, I'll accept that, but I just need to know. <laughs> Stripe. Okay, so this scene, we're basically just seeing the different personalities of the Gremlins. One thing I want to point out is there's a female Gremlin, which we kind of they go more into that in the second movie as well.
1: Yeah, because that was random as heck for me. I was
0: looking at it. I was just like... But apparently something went down at the card table because Stripe pops one of the gremlins for disrespecting his girl. Yeah. I've always seen it, but I guess for some reason this time it just really hit different for me. Um, Kate figures out that Flash has disabled the gremlins, so she uses this camera.
1: I'm at like, the fact that she was actually serving them.
0: but <laughs> I'm like, sis... Girl, like what? What? I mean, I guess, I guess she had to serve them because they wasn't fighting her, so I guess that was the only way she can kind of save herself when you think about it that way. <laughs> but then one of the gremlins roll up on her in a ski mask with a gun. That was
1: what she was trying to escape. Out. Yeah.
0: So Billy, of course, um, his lights kind of like disabled the gremlin, and she like knocks him out with the camera and knocks another one out on the way out.
1: But did you see
0: when she was behind the bar and she turned around, and the gremlin opened his trench coat. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> sir, like just all the different personalities i really want to know how much fun did these people have dressing up these gremlins? because even when we get to the theater scene i love the scene when they run up out of the bar and you just see all of the chaos like if all the stuff that's going on if you look in this one window you see like a gremlin like choking somebody out is sparks of electricity going in one corner, car crashes, just all types of things happen. And of course, it's even heightened with the Gremlins theme song playing in the back. Super Madness, that's actually what the track is called. It's called like Gremlin Madness or something like that, which is super <laughs> fitting. Before we get to the theater scene, this is where Kate has her little dark story about her dad, which we kind of talked about earlier. He came down the chimney. Broke his neck on the way down because this fool decided to go down with this orange fool. And they found him, like, two weeks later. They thought it was going to be an animal, but it was... They thought it was going to be an animal, but it was her dad. It
1: was two weeks or a couple
0: of days. Something like that. I don't know. That story is, is, you know, urban legend at this point, but... One funny thing is, like, Gizmo was being so attentive to her story, and then when she says, like, her dad died, he was like, (gasps) (laughs) I'm like, the animatronics are priceless here. Um, The couple arrived to the theater, and this is where, you know, the gang gang is... Wreaking havoc in the theater. They're watching Snow White. And as I said, I just want to know how much fun these people had dressing up these different gremlins. Because one has like a popcorn bucket on his head. One has like this white and black Hawaiian shirt on. Then there's another one that like has on like a kooji sweater. Oh my God. I, it's like a white and black kooji sweater. I'm like, where? Who? Where was y'all finding this? I just want to meet the person because I just want to thank you for just giving me different things to look at every time I watch this movie. There's a gremlin that's like break dancing like on his head and stuff. The gremlins eventually figure out how to like get the movie working and they're watching Snow White. Let's talk about Gizmo hitting the high notes. Did you hear him outside the theater? Okay so the rest of the gremlins are singing the song. Oh yes uh- But he's in the backpack, and honey, he was serving (laughs) with his vocals, okay? Howie Mandel did that. Anyway, Billy and Kate end up killing majority of the gremlins by filling the theater with gas and setting it on fire, except for Stripe, who left out early to go get some snacks from the candy store across the street. Now, this is where, people, if you haven't seen Gremlins in a while, hopefully you watched it. Did you notice there's a gremlin? With a mask on. Like a K95 mask. Mm -hmm. Mind blown. I should have took a picture of it and put it in my notes. When I take notes for the podcast guys. My notes are super extensive and long. And I put pictures from the movie. Just in case I like have trouble describing the scene. I should have took a picture of it. But he has a mask around his ears. And covering his nose and his mouth. I was so mind blown. I was just like. Who dressed that one? Somebody knew something. Who dressed that one? Conspiracy theory. I'm calling it. I'm just kidding, guys. So uh, morning is approaching and Billy chases Stripe into the store. And this is where we go into our third act. Stripe attempts to get into a water fountain that Kate actually turned on by accident while she was trying to, like, find the light to turn on in the store while Stripe and Billy were already fighting and just a few notes through this scene. Stripe is a butthole for figuring out how to use the TVs to scare Billy before the whole <laughs> third scene starts. Also, um, I made a note about the Santa Claus appearance that they make in the toy store saying he's supposed to come visit the kids. I'm like, nope, he's not coming because, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Stripe riding the tricycle. Looks so good. I, I know I keep saying that, guys, but it really looks so good. To be made in 1984, I just can't get over it. Anyway, um even the fight with them fighting with the crossbow and then with the chainsaw, that all looks good, too. So Gizmo arrives in his little toy car, which foreshadows the first movie that he was watching with Barney, and he ends up exposing a skylight that exposed the sun to stripe but what really happens is stripe low-key killed himself when he tried to shoot gizmo he actually shot that wire which helped the skylight open so it ends up you know bright light dead this scene looks super good um stripe falling into the fountain and melting and then the final jump scare when he jumps back out and it's just his skeleton moving around it looks super good I know I jumped it to the end, but another note I want to make, when Billy discovers, or when Billy is searching for Stripe, you know, the fountain is in, like, this green room. I love... Oh, y'all, the plants and the- okay, not... Okay, I got something to say about that, too, because <laughs> BJ was watching a movie with me earlier this week, but before I say that, I love that Stripe really camouflaged himself in the flowers... I don't know for some reason, I never noticed that scene. Like, I noticed the scene, but I guess I never noticed he was camouflaging himself in the green room. But what I do have to say. Because
1: he was green, wasn't
0: he? Yes, I have to rewind. A little fact about me I am a plant lady, and now when I watch certain horror movies, even if I've seen them a thousand times, I now pay attention to the plants in the background. And there's a beautiful snake plant in their kitchen. And I just kept oh, staring at <laughs> BJ was like, really? Seriously? But anyway, after everything is over, we catch up with the family. Kate is spending the night with the Pelters, I believe. And Mr. Wing comes in to collect Gizmo. And he scolds the Pelters for their carelessness and says, like, the Western society isn't ready for the responsibility of caring for a mogwai. But he says, you know, maybe one day Billy will be ready because he sees that him and Gizmo actually did bond. Gizmo even shows it by saying bye bye to Billy. But one thing about that scene, so, and I always question this. I know that Gizmo learned words. Before that, Mr. Wing says to hear one only has to listen. So I was wondering, could he hear Gizmo so clearly because he was actually listening? Because when they're talking, when... Said he
1: heard them the whole entire movie.
0: But see, that's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying. Was he just saying that he really was listening to Gizmo and that's why he can understand them? But it throws me off. Because Gizmo could just be multilingual.
1: That's true.
0: Yeah, because he and Mr. Wing were talking in a different language. But I was trying to see, like, was he trying to tell him? Because he was like... He was like, oh, you can understand him? And that's when he was like, well, to hear, one only has to listen. And that's when Gizmo comes out the box and says, bye, Billy. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But I was like, throughout the whole movie, we were speaking English. But I just think that was just supposed to be. I don't think it was supposed to be as big as I'm making it. Mr. Pelter, stop trying to sell people these smokeless ashtrays. Like, Mr. Wing even says that the gas station attendant tried to give him the one that he already sold him. But he takes it anyway, so I guess he wanted it. And the cutest wraparound is Gizmo singing hi-ho as they leave. I was like, that's so cute, guys. That was Gremlins. You guys can meet us up in the souvenir shop, because there is a lot of souvenirs that came with this movie. See you in a minute. It seems you survived. Well, before you go, join us in the souvenir shop. So this movie, when it came out, it blew up. Gremlins has toys. It has a novel. It has like two or three video games. It even has its own cereal.
1: Cereal?
0: Yes. It has its own cereal. Not lying. You can fact check me if you don't believe me. It has its own cereal.
1: What are the Gremlins? Marshmallows?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was so joking. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, wait. Let me... Um, The cereal is like a wheat. It's kind of like... I was about to say King Vitamin, but I don't think people know <laughs> what that yeah, I'm like, I think only certain people going to get that joke. If you know King Vitamin and Kaboom Cereal, shout out to you. But uh, <laughs> um, no, it was kind of like, it was in the shape of Gremlins. It was like a wheat cereal. But I do we know, eat. like like the wheat puffs, like what we eat now, like corn pop, like cereal we eat now. See,
1: when you, when you say wheat, I think of like wheat things, like the squares. No, no. That's what
0: I think of. Uh-uh, like the was- little puffs, like puffs that babies eating, and all of that. Um, and like I said, like, you know, when we go to carnivals, we see the little plush gizmos. But around 2017, they actually made like life size versions of striped, regular looking um, gremlins and gizmos. Honestly,
1: Gizmo kind of look like my Furby's.
0: Obviously, gremlins were like stuffies, but um, Furby's was like our 2000s toy. And they were fucking creepy, but they were inspired they were and by. Then they just talking at, In know, the middle they're... of the night? I'm like, sir, shut up. Like, cause first of all, I had two.
1: And his eyes were moving like differently. They wouldn't blink at the same time, they would do like opposite. Yeah, things. so
0: I had, I remember I had a gray one, like when they first came out. And then I had like a purple one, I think. And I think that one was smaller. I think it was like Furby Baby or Furby Mini, something like that. I know I had two, and those freakers were talking to each other. And I would be, at first, like in the daytime, when you make them do it, it's all cool. But when they decide to do it at 3 a.m., that's not the move. Okay, I'm about then to go to had the nerve. Like,
1: So my Nana has this habit of finding my old toys from when I was a child and reusing them to give me as a gift now as an adult. And she That's found-
0: kind of cute.
1: <coughs> yes and no, sorry. Yes and no. Um, so th- when she gave me the Pocahontas dolls and stuff, yes, cool. But when she gave me the Furbies, I was like, this is a little creepy now. But I'll take it.
0: I kind of want my Furby back now, only because um.
1: Then they remade them.
0: They did. Only because the two thousands. 2000s- Nostalgia is coming back. You know, everything comes back every 20 years. But before it before it became trend as of this year, that was always my style in my bag. So I would love to have a Furby right now. Listen, and I probably still have mine low-key. I probably those, do. Uh,
1: those book bags that were like them animal book bags. Mm-hmm. I have one literally in the back of my car right now. Pull it out. Where it's, like, it's a green and blue... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh plaid, is a green and blue plaid teddy bear backpack. And I was like, oh, I'm going to bring this out one of these days. But It's just been sitting
0: in my car for like You should. Like, I have so many pieces of clothing that I've had in the early 2000s that I could still wear that I actually still wear in my regular rotation of clothes. Well, I'm not going to bore you guys with my fashion taste because we got a movie to rate. John a. Gremlins has a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb, an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 5 out of 5 on Common Sense. I'm not too familiar with that one. But anyway, what do you rate Gremlins? Uh, oh, wait,
1: let me see. I gave it a
0: 70. A se- what? A 70? <laughs> no, explain yourself.
1: I liked it. But it was like feel good Christmas movie to me versus like horror.
0: It's a PG thirteen movie. True. It's a Steven Spielberg movie. True. What it? Wait, whoa! I don't even remember what rating. What rating you give it? What did you say? A seventy. That's, that's not what you said. You I said did. a thirty. No, no you didn't. I gave
1: thirty to better watch
0: out. You said a seventy.
1: Yeah, I gave thirty to better watch out.
0: That is well, Johnny. I mean, it's your opinion, but.
1: I mean, I liked it. It was great. But, like, I don't know. Maybe I'll change it one day. But right now, I give it a 70.
0: Okay, well, um, guys, I have to tell you, I've had a week to sit on it. And last week, I rated Better Watch Out a 74. I actually want to change my rating and give it an 84. I, um, as I said last week, horror is supposed to make you fill away it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable unnerved scared even and the movie actually did that so i can't even stunt on it like that i'ma revoke my 74 give it an 84 and for the gremlins i'ma give it the 92 that it deserves this is the movie that you watch every single year the graphics look amazing the story is cool like you know it's whatever nobody really cares it doesn't have any plot holes for me like I can get past everything. I feel like everything kind of ties up well for itself. So so this 70, I'm just going to have to respect it for now. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this ride because next week, we're going to get into another movie from 1984, Silent Night, Deadly Night. You ready? Yeah. You haven't seen this one before. I haven't seen this one before either, guys. So...